Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. So the other day, Lisa and I were having this conversation about I'll use the metaphor tortoise and hare because we all can relate and understand that. And if you're one or the other, do you think experience and your life experiences matter to help you learn to be more of one than the other when it's to your benefit? And uh, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I remember telling you, I don't know. You know, I mean, I I don't I've never experienced a, a hare that could become a tortoise or a tortoise that could become a hare. But that, that sounds incredibly close minded for a person that coaches people, particularly that, that coaches high performance, but it led to us having a deeper conversation that frankly, we probably should have hit record on that, but we're going to try to replicate at least parts of that and even go a little bit deeper today. I guess in two words, Lisa, I would say that it's a, it's a conversation about leverage. And by that, I mean us leveraging resources that include our abilities and our talents and our ambitions, our desires, our pursuit of the ideal outcome to leverage those things in ways that can help us achieve what it is that, that we're trying to achieve. So the two words that come to my mind are leverage and focus. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. That's the best way I know to start the conversation. May not be great, but well, there it as, is. and as you talk about the 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 tortoise and the hare, um, you know, we dove in. T- you made it sound so simple. Like we we had a good thirty minute conversation. He's like, I've never seen a tortoise become a hare or hare. Be-. And I'm like, well, it can't be that simple. <laughs> it just can't well, be I don't that know simple, that it which is. is true. Well, um, I'm a simpleton, <laughs> so it could be that simple in my mind, but that doesn't mean that it's right. But I've just never. To your point of asking about experience, I have not experienced that. Now, to be fair, what got this conversation started, uh, I made a business metaphor in our prior non-recorded conversation. It's a little bit like there are people that are get rich quick. Right. They always are looking for easy. They're looking for the shortcut. They're they're looking they're looking for edge an edge. Now we all want an edge. I mean, as we hit the record button today, there is a major football program up in the state of Michigan, um, that is creating all kind of a hullabaloo for illegally stealing play signals from opposing teams. And probably this week, as we hit the record button, uh, the coach you know, the division that he plays in there, the conferences, they're, they're talking about potential, you know, penalties to be paid and teams do this teams do this. I mean, come on, we got Houston Astros in our own state. I was about to say, know, I thought there was a baseball team that a, did this, yeah, but I few, don't keep a up few, with all that. A few years ago. So yeah. people are always looking for the competitive edge. Now there is mm-hmm. a line that ethically, morally, and legally, No, we should not cross, but I'm not talking about people looking for a legal, moral, ethical edge to get ahead. But then there are those people that ah, they, you could do it this, uh, this way. 
and it's going to be a lot of work, going to have to invest a lot of time and a lot of energy, and might work, might not work. And then there are people that they're just constantly scanning the horizon looking for the easiest answer, the quickest buck. And so I made a, an analogy to Lisa in the prior conversation. There are business people. I've, I've known business people. I know some who are older than me, and I'm old, who have that. That's been their modality as long as I've known them. Plate spinners, as you call it. Well, yeah, and they're of, just right? always, they're always just looking, they're always just looking, you know, well, yeah, that, that, that would work. And that they, they don't take anything from start to finish. They don't take anything from start to profit. They go in one step in a thousand different directions. When if they went one step in a thousand, if they went a thousand steps in one direction, they would have achieved something, but. They're just looking for easy. They're looking for quick. And you'd think, well, after, I mean, I'm thinking of some people that I've known for 40 years who are this way. And you're like, in 40 years, think about what you could have built, what you could have achieved. But now, 40 years later, none of that got achieved because you were just too busy spinning plates. You were too busy, pick your metaphor. You were too busy just confusing action or motion with action, thinking, Hey, as long as I'm just moving, then yeah, you know it's the quick cash concept. I'm gonna if I can just if I can just get this quickly, quick cash, right? Yeah. I, I mean, just I'm gonna do that, and then I'll be ahead. And then, well, that doesn't work out. And then you try something else, and you're constant. And instead of just focusing on, for that analogy, a career and persevering through the good times, through the bad times, but they're always okay. I'm gonna do that because it because that's quicker money. I'm going to go do this because that's that's quicker. I can earn two thousand dollars in you know in five weeks versus having to work all year. That yeah. that kind of concept. Yeah. And the spinning plates, you just keep taking on more plates. But are you gaining? I mean, you you've now got them on your head, on your hands, on your fingers. You're adding poles. You're you're yeah. just trying to spin everything. And what are you getting to? There's no one well, plate that's, you're focusing and that's on because it's all just frantic. Yeah, and that's and that's the rub. You know, which is why we have focused on these two words, focus and leverage. Mm -hmm. Leverage, again, being defined as those things that we're going to marshal, those things that we're going to use uh, to our benefit. Sure. And Lisa and I are not trying to decide for you where your focus should be. I could make the argument, and I will make the argument, that focus on the focus on what you're pursuing, focus on on what you're after. We hear a whole lot of stuff about goal setting and keep your eye on the goal and all that. And while I think that certainly is, there is some wisdom to that. Right. I can't get past the fact that every day we all climb out of bed and we get ready and we do our work, whether we're doing that virtually, whether we're doing that in person, whether we're hybrid, it doesn't matter. But we've got to get out of bed and get something done. And so the process (laughs) matters. When the process doesn't matter or we hate the process, we're unhappy. Right. If we get out of bed and we hate what we do or we hate who we do it for, it's not sustainable. It's not going to work. Right. And so when I say leverage, I don't mean leveraging it just for the ideal outcome. I mean leveraging it for the ideal outcome, but we're also somewhat in love, if not fully in love, with the work that's necessary to get to that outcome. Now, there are some things 
I remember reading a long time ago, nothing tastes as good as thin fills. <laughs> now, as a person who's never been thin, uh, well, that's not true. I can attest that there is some validity to that uh, because I, I did a boatload of traveling back in my early, early days, and my physical health paid a toll for that, including packing on more pounds, and I dropped it. I, I I mean, I dropped it and man, did it feel, I felt better. I felt better about myself. I mean, so there is some truth to nothing tastes as good as thin feels. And so in that regard, you know, did I enjoy the process? I enjoyed the aim for the goal enough that made me enjoy the process. And I, I, I think in those terms, but as we're thinking about moving forward, and really what got this whole thing started was really, a, let me introduce a third word. So we got focus, we got leverage, and we got transition. And Lisa and I have talked about transition. She's in a little bit of a transition with her her career. She's also in transition in personal stuff, and we've talked about that. I'm in transition with some personal stuff. I'm really in transition professionally as well. I'm at this age, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just now qualifying. I've, I've hit, I got the email yesterday. <laughs> so social, <laughs> social security, for those that don't know, full retirement age is the age where you can kind of max out. And once you hit You're that bad. age, mm -hmm. you can make whatever money you want to make. Uh, and it's not going to count against what you'll get from social security. Okay. Well, that for me at my birthday, that is 66 and a half. Congratulations, as of November 1, I was 66 and a half. <laughs> so, you know, hip, hip, hooray, big milestone. Uh, but that, that, that presents a transition as well. And it does give me some opportunities, none of the least of which is this podcast and the work that I do with city government. So full disclosure, true confession, I'm really trying to get away from the business sector. I'm trying to get away from the private sector, not because I hate it. It These are my people. This is where I came from. This is all I knew until seven or eight years ago. But, okay, focus and leverage. I've got some other things. I got some other irons in the fire that, that don't have anything to do with business, don't ha necessarily have anything to do with income, but now it's a matter at this stage of my life, where do I want to spend my time? I'm just at a point now that really, unlike any other time in my life, I can't say yes to just everything. I'm a finite resource. And as you get older, it's not lost on, it shouldn't be lost on you. Your time's limited. Your time is limited. And so time with family, including my wife, that's a huge priority. I've got spiritual pursuits. Those take some time. I've got church work and things, and that's a, that's a priority. And so how, what can I, how can I best leverage my resources and my talent, which means that I'm going to necessarily have to focus on some things, which also means I'm necessarily going to have to take my focus off of other things. I'm going to have to say no to some things so I can say yes to some things. I'm going to have to let go of some things so I can grab hold of other things. And that is easier said than done. Well, how do you determine, like in your mindset with that transition that you're in, how are you determining 
what you need to focus on. What's your, for the audience, what are you thinking about in your world that creates the focus? What are steps are you taking? The, the big word for me is impact. And you and I've had this conversation a whole lot offline impact. I'm a guy who's, I've always been in pursuit of impact and don't let that sound as arrogant as it may. I'm not crazy enough to think that I'm going to save the planet. That's not my skill set. It's not my role. I don't have the power or authority to do it. So that, that parable of the starfish really matters and you'll find it all over the website. Yeah. Uh, parable of starfish basically meaning one at a time, one person making a difference for one person. That for me is such a strong pull. Me too. That everything I think about is how can I make a difference for this person? Mm -hmm. And in order to make a difference for this person, it necessarily means that you got to look at some other person, that person and go, they don't, they don't need me as badly as maybe this other person needs me. Or in my mind, as I'm viewing it, I can have a greater impact here than I likely could there. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that for me is a big, is a big draw. Now, simultaneously is I'll call it the fun factor. And you and I are going to do some shows about fun factors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I enjoy this work. I enjoy working with city government leaders at this stage of my life more than I enjoy private sector, mostly because been there, done that, got the t-shirt and there's invariably, there's a ton of sales and marketing kind of challenges in the private sector that public sector just doesn't have. And so for me, it really is a focus on people, 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 people. Is. That's what our business is. And serving city our government, serving one another. yeah, city government, uh, to, to quote an old friend that I used to have who's since passed, it scratches an itch. It really scratches an itch. And so given that my time is limited, and I mean that like I mean it for all of us, we've only got so many hours in a day. How do you want to spend your time? Where do you think you can have the biggest impact? And that's where leverage comes in. Okay, so how how can how can I make a bigger difference? If I can make a bigger difference by saying no to some things and saying yes to some things and really narrowing the focus, you know, it's been said about business that there's riches in niches and there are, there are all kinds of specialty shops and specialty online retailers that sell certain things and they don't sell other things. They just sell certain things. Now I get that Amazon sells it all, but if you can't be Amazon and you can't, cause we've already got Amazon, then, you know, how, how precise and how narrow do you want to be? And the more narrow and the more deep you can be, the more you can leverage, the more sustain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how can that. we do that in our leadership, wherever you are in your leadership journey, how can you leverage those things that are true about you and those things and I'm not saying that we're satisfied with where we are, but at the same time, we've got to look at where we are and leverage what we currently have. 
let's still pursue gaining things. Let's still pursue improving things. Let's still pursue growth because that's, come on, it's growgreat.com. But we've got to bring enough to the table right now today to be high performing. And I've not met, I have not met, I'll, I'll go on record and say I haven't met anybody who doesn't possess already right now enough skill, talent, experience, insight, or whatever to be high-performing. I've met plenty of people who aren't high-performing, but it's not because they lack those, they lack these other capacities. Now, they may not be world-class, but I got news for you. We don't have to be world-class to be high-performing. We just don't. And so how can we leverage these things and what I know to be true and kind of the reason that we hit record on this today is if we're trying to leverage everything and we're trying to focus on everything, we're going to end up focused and leveraged about nothing. Right. I have said it since I was a teenager. If everything is important, then nothing is important. There necessarily have got to be priorities and priorities mean that we go in one direction to the exclusion of going in countless other directions. Mm -hmm. No judgment on the other directions. It's just we're choosing, for some reason, this direction. My argument is we should choose that wisely. We should choose that and leverage that where we can accomplish the most good. You and I, when we first started our relationship some years ago, and, and you've gone on record about this, of all of the conversation, all of the energy, all of the work, to try to shore up, I'll go on record, people that might not have been willing to do what you needed to be done in the way you needed needed to be done. And all of the energy and all of the effort for that, saying yes to that, and then we're saying no to these invisible people because they don't appear to need us. They're doing good. They get the work done. They show up on time. They do their job. They do their job well it doesn't seem to me that they need me that much. And so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to, I'm going to concentrate on fixing these problems, these people problems. And I'm going to give that my time and to give that my attention. That's leverage. And that's leverage that a lot of people make. And that's focus that a lot of, a lot of leaders, a lot of managers, that's where they put their focus. And you probably got more to say about that than I do. Well, it's, it's interesting because as you talk about that, um, we're in the same circumstances. Uh, well, a better way to say it, we're in the same journey, different circumstances, different. So you're dealing you with You and Don. Stuff. Well, not only I'm in life and work dealing with that. Oh yeah. 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 So I've got gotcha. both. I've got a dual, uh, yeah. dual same thing I do road. It's professional and personal. That's correct. And so, as you talk about focus and leverage, focus rings the truest to me right now because I've got two things simultaneously happening. And we talked about transition. I'm in a new role and leaving behind a team and an industry that I had been in for 30 plus years. My mm -hmm. Grand Prairie HR leadership for the last 27 of those 30 plus years. So I'm having to shift my focus and my leverage of the impact and influence to that team, leading them well, setting them up for success, engaging in camaraderie and team spirit, 
Um, and I know they are in a good place. That doesn't mean more development is not needed, that it's a continual journey. But I had, like you talked about, letting go so I can grab hold. I'm having to let go of what I loved and was my passion uh, for that team. They are truly, in my opinion, my family, uh, besides just the big city and all its employees. But you take care of them like a, almost like a mother does to her children. I'm there to grow them, teach them, give them wisdom so that they can succeed, right? And sometimes that's in life and sometimes that's in work. Uh, giving them wisdom where I have it and it can lend to help them hopefully become better. And you're also and, having to go from a lower altitude to a higher altitude correct, of leadership, which means which means the opposite of my situation of going from broader to more narrow. You're having to go from more narrow to broader. To broader, correct. And so in my journey in that focus, I have now got to transition, let go of the HR-specific industry also because I have a new incoming director and I want to give her the ability to influence that team without me present and my o oversight. And so recap, words, recap for people that may not have paid attention to, maybe this is your first time listening to us. So Lisa went from director of HR to now what is entitled managing director, which would be tantamount to being an ACM or an assistant city manager. Correct. So she's going from a single department to now she's going to have four. Yes, and I have fleet, facilities, which is general services, airport, IT, and HR. And this has uh, all happened within, you know, a month or so. That's correct. So I've got these big, uh, big groups um, that I'm now over and learning about, uh, including HR. But I'm providing oversight to them from a leadership perspective. So there's several things happening when you talk about focus um, and leverage actually, but focus is kind of my key right now. I'm focused on learning about and educating myself. We talk about humility, right? Mm -hmm. Naive curiosity. Boy, am I utilizing that now in our leadership yeah. recipe? It's easy, because isn't it? I know when you really players. don't know, it's really easy. I know the players, but I don't know their industry. Right. And I'm having to learn it from the ground up very fast because all these items are on council. And I need to be able to speak to them with wisdom if there's questions asked. And so for me right now, the focus has been shifting them too. I said, you know, I need y'all present at the council meetings and at briefings now while I'm learning. And my hope is I can release some of you so that you can spend time with your families and I can help in that once I have the knowledge, but I don't have it yet. So they're educating me weekly. The second thing I had to do was focus on how can I grow an executive? I've been growing my team and I've got great comfort in that. Um, but growing in an executive, their thinking is elevated a bit and you don't want to come across as condescending because they do have expertise in their industry like I had. Mm -hmm. And you don't tell them what to do. I'm trying to also reach them and stretch them at an executive level. So honestly, I've had to go back and reading tons of articles, going to Google. How do you have effective one-on-ones with an executive level that's meaningful, mm -hmm. that's powerful, um, so I've done a lot of research just to shift in how do I want to impact them and where do I start? Um, and it's going back to, like you said, it's going to back to where do they want to be? What do they want to achieve? How can I help them get there? How can I support them? Um, and so these conversations, conversations are starting fresh. And secondly, to leverage my ability to grow them, I have to have them trust me. So I've, my first, these first four weeks have been 
going and touring the facilities. I said, letting them, getting me in front of their teams. I call it to show them that I'm human. I'm not just CMO, which I am, but I'm human. My goal is to help them and support them, but they need to see me, not from a distance in an office, but boots on the ground, um, you know, and, and I'm just going and touring the facilities, asking lots of questions, letting them show their pride in what they do because they do it really well, but also identifying where the issues are so I can leverage my ability to influence and impact the for the benefit of the team. All of those are just, you think about, it's a similar path that I had with HR, but take, it took years. This is not a one and done checklist. This is every day I'm strategically thinking, not spinning 15 plates. I'm spinning four, each director and their groups, and how can I help them? And really intently focusing on as a group. Secondly, I'm focused on, I'm now part of the city manager's office team and trying to ensure what I do is consistent in methodology that, because we've got two of us that rose up to this managing director level. Um, but I'm trying to make sure I'm supporting the initiatives that they are also trying to change at the top because we have a new city manager who moved in in August um, that had been in the CMO team, but he's got a different way of doing business. And it's 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 wonderful. It's I call it Tom Hart likeness. He's high compassion. Tom uh, Hart was the previous long, long tenured Yes. City manager there in Grand Prairie. And Bill Hills is our new city manager in August, was the, a deputy city manager. And he, he's high compassion, um, a, a focus on our employees, a focus on um, culture and synergy and collaboration and camaraderie. Um, so trying to keep that in mind in everything that I do, that it's following and aligning with the vision, not only that our council has been passing on that our CMO team has been working with council, um, but ensuring everything I'm doing with my departments align with that new vision and new uh, perspective. So uh, those are all things that are really key, but you have to be focused. I can't just start spinning 15 plates and hope that one of them doesn't fall. I've got to be specifically aligned uh, on that focus and make sure everything I do is towards that and also letting go of HR so that the new incoming director can lead in a manner that she feels is best. And I can help guide her in thought, even if it's different than mine was, but I want her to have the ability to influence and impact them and, and find her journey. Like I had to uh, allow that journey to take place and not impose my will, unless it's absolutely, you know, a necessary thing to do, but to allow her to lead and help her, help her grow and stretch as well. So it is a huge transition when you talk about focus and leverage um, and then personally, I'm balancing, we've built a home in Oklahoma that is now done. That journey started a year ago, uh, moved in. And now I've got my husband who's up there five days a week and I see him on the weekends unless he happens to come down. So it's balancing every step I take and my focus is over time, how can I get to be there permanently into retirement whenever that is? right? What steps do I need to be taking now to make a successful transition um, long-term into retirement? And we're learning what do we need from each other because we're best friends. It's tough being away from somebody that I've been with for 35 years by my side every day, right? So we're having to learn new ways of living life 
that still adds value to each one of us and finding out what works um, and evolving, evolving that relationship um, as we go through life. And, and of course this unplanned promotion. I mean, I had right. hoped for it, but I didn't yeah. realize it was going to happen then. Right. <laughs> well, talk to us about the difference between long-term and short-term or, or intermediate term. And, and as far as goals or well, just no focus? bullet, bullet down to, so you got professional and personal challenges. Yeah. And so before we at least wrap up today's show and we, and we may want to continue this conversation because sure. we're, we're up against a hard stop uh, for both of us. You have to make daily decisions. You have to make decisions about, okay, today, where am I going to spend my time? What am I going to do with my time today? But all of that is a cumulative impact on something that's more down the road. Yeah. So the easiest way I can um, communicate it, this is my, this is the way I work. For me, everything is, is strategic. Each week I'm looking at one, what does uh, my leader, Cheryl and Bill, the city manager, need from me and expect from me that they've communicated in my first four weeks. So I keep that in mind as a short-term um, immediate is every, is every step I'm taking with my new directors aligning to what they've asked me to do in this new role. Um, so I, that's both, I guess you can say short-term and long-term because that is every week when I have a weekly meeting, am I addressing the needs of the week? Am I addressing the council needs? I mean, I've had to refocus on things that I've never had to focus on because I never had to really go to council except once in a blue moon for a benefits contract. Right. Now it's every council meeting and I'm sitting at the front and yeah. I need to know about the items and be able to explain them to citizen questions, which I've never had to do. So I'm uh, educating myself in the short term and focusing on what do I need to do to serve my departments and our leadership team well um, in that role uh, as I'm learning. So that's one short term. Secondly, what do my leaders need from me right now that um, I need to educate and understand um, and grow them? So I'm establishing in my world, establishing our weekly meetings. I've created the template for a one-on-one -on -one for an executive level to do quarterly and getting those scheduled long term. So I continue to start reaching them. Touring facilities is short term so their people can see me and I can start building trust that I am here for them. Um, and then additionally shifting uh, HR off with intent. So everything I do is very intentional. Uh, I moved out of the space. I've kind of given leadership to the two managers there. I've been talking to the incoming director to get her armed up. That's all short term, but it's strategy. So everything, every Monday when I come in, I look at what I need to get done for the week that continues to align with specific focus and leverage. How am I going to impact them this week? And how does that line up long-term with me being able to grow them? Has anything happened? Do you have any example that even generically that you could share of when, okay, I came in today needing to do this, but that got completely turned upside down for some reason. Um, on a specific example, I don't know if it's gotten, I, I can't think of anything completely getting turned upside down, except that with every 
with every department, there are always challenges with the people. I'm learning those. You're right. And having to focus and balance more opinions because it's now not just me over my group. Yeah. Now I've got directors that have been, um, they have reported to other people and, and I've got the entire city manager's office team that I'm trying to take perspectives and where what's important to them and make sure I'm considering that as I'm growing and developing and addressing the issues that are in these departments that I'm learning about. That's probably been the biggest transition of trying to figure out how to move down that path well, when there's so many perspectives coming in about what's in front of me. And it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just a you have, instead of it just being me to Cheryl. Yeah, you got more I voices. I now have a CMO team. There's five of us. Right. There's more voices being heard. And I have to balance all of those. Yeah, because there's more perspectives. Important. And as a result, there's more expectations, too. That's That correct. have to be managed. So you can feel pulled. Well, my I was leading to to this final point, and then we'll, we'll continue this conversation, uh, in the next episode. So as something comes up that could disrupt your day, so you have your agenda, you know what you want and something came up and it blew it out of the water. Mm -hmm. It happens. We've all experienced this, but I spend an inordinate amount of time with clients who, when that happens, have a real difficult time getting their focus back and even trying to remember what what life was like before things got turned top even even if things just got turned topsy turvy you know for that day to get back on track many people find it ridiculously challenging how do you find it so it's it's really been an interesting turn for me in this role and and uh it's interesting because bill and cheryl they also moved from being managing departments up to cmo um so they've had similar experiences and what they told me rang true, which I wasn't sure about at first, because I was so busy. My day was 80% meetings every day in HR. 80%, I had 20% work time, if even an hour in a day to work. I did most of my work in the evenings or first thing in the morning. And you just make your, you know, your eight hour day becomes a 12 hour day just to get stuff done. So um, for me, they said, you're going to have less meetings. The good news is you're no longer the doer. You're just trying to keep things running because those directors have their departments and they're going to get it done for you. And that has rung true. I'm now 50% meetings or less, and I'm able to go back to what I love, which is strategy and growth and leading through those. So for me, um, the disruption is less. I don't have the walk-ins that I did in HR. I don't have the constant phone calls, the need for help. I'm just following up with my departments going, hey, we've got this council item coming up. Here's what CMO needs on that. Can you get that to me? And they're pretty responsive. I mean, they're they're good directors that are responsive to me. So it's been different. It's been different with more time, more focus on strategy and getting to go, I call it back to the basics of what I love to do, which is influence and impact them. It's just a learning a new way to do it with higher level performers. Yeah. Stay tuned next week. We'll put a wrap on this thing. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.